Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. This is Dylan on a, a Skype call to a special guest. Um, our guest today is McLean Nielsen. You might know him from uh, BYU TV's uh, show-offs. How are you today, McLean? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. So the new season awesome. debuts next week. Is that correct? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. We're very excited about it. So season three, how have the first two seasons been for you guys? Honestly, it's been kind of a dream come true to be able to do this. Um, I've been I've been performing live improv comedy since two, actually since 1999. Um, I was 19 years old when I started doing this. And, um, you know, the dream has always been to kind of get it to the next level, get it to a television, you know, and uh, kind of bring it to a wider audience. So to be able to kind of have pitched the show and have it be picked up and to be in his third season now is, is actually just a lot cooler than we ever imagined would happen. So we're, we're very happy to kind of be where we are with this show right now. Uh, and with, with the improv, did you, did you start that down in Provo at um, comedy sports or was it with a different organization? Actually? Yes, I was a, um, I was the first member of the Utah comedy sports um, I, I saw a flyer at a bill, uh, on, on a, um, at, on a board at BYU that said, do you want to be an athlete? Very hilarious pun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I responded to this, this number I called and I, I went to a little meeting with the, with the current owner and, and, um, started, started practicing and myself and, a, and Darren Tufts were the first two people there and. And then, uh, you know, but I met everyone that I work at, sh at show offs with, basically, I met through comedy sports, Jake Van Wagner, who I created the show with, I met him in 2005 at comedy sports. Um, and then like, Haley Smith, I met there and through Haley, I met Lisa and, you know, Sean Johnson, Will Rubio, Tom Quinn. Basically, the team we we all at some point have have performed at comedy sports or at that location doing the long form stuff. So, uh, you mentioned Darren Tufts. He's one of our earliest episodes of the podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Darren's an old old friend, great friend, and um, I don't think he does much improv anymore. But that's we met doing that. Together. Yeah, he's doing movies and so. that that eight marketing agency or something yeah. that he's got going on. So, mm -hmm. and of course, he's still Thermwise. That's right. <laughs> so that's um, crazy. I remember when they auditioned for that years. Like he, that gig has been going. It's good. The gig that keeps on giving. My brother-in-law was actually in one of the commercials with him. Uh, oh, cool. So, yeah. So um, you also mentioned uh, Lisa. Um, she works with my friend uh, Richie. Richie's like her producer. Oh, nice. And stuff. So that, that's another connection great. we have. Um, so um. You started a comedy, uh, comedy sports. Then, um, tell us about this opportunity coming um, to do the sh to do the show. Did BYU yeah, approach so, you, or was this something you were trying to develop and approach them with? So, in about two thousand six, I believe my uh, friends Jake Swazo, uh, Lisa Clark, Haley Smith, and a couple of people. We, we put together, Jake was on, Jake Van Wagner was on his mission, but we put together a long form group called the Thrillionaires and we would do long form improv. And it's basically the closest thing to show offs on the stage. Um, 
show offs kind of was birthed out of this Thrillionaires. Um, it was kind of the next evolution of our of our long form improv. So we had we started developing that live show where we do real costumes and we do little snippets of plays and turn them into full length plays rather than the, just the short stuff that we used to do. So kind of after doing that for 10 years, I've, we've been trying to get something like this off the ground, but um, it wasn't until um, Andre Duke, who came to BYU to basically run programming there, um, I was able to get a meeting with her. We had worked together. We'd crossed paths a few years back um, working but I was meeting with her and pitched several things. The TV version of our improv show was kind of what stuck out to her and what and she wanted to see more of that. And so it was then where I, I, I brought Jake in to really kind of be my, my right-hand man with the development. And then we reached out to our good buddies over at Kaleidoscope, Adam Andereg and Russ Kendall, to be our our production arm, you know and I mean? The nuts and bolts and also, you know, adding kind of the shape, helping add the shape and the structure to um, the creativity side of everything. So, so yeah, after that, we, we had a, we, we kind of did a refined pitch and did a second pitch and brought it back to BYU and, and they really liked it. And, you know, they um, greenlit the first season, which was amazing. We actually shot rather than doing a pilot, it kind of made sense for them to do a whole, first you know 10 episodes and um so we got we got to do 10 episodes out of the bat and uh really kind of it was one of these things where the show kind of is continually growing and 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 changing and morphing and just getting a little bit better so with each season i think we're learning a lot more and and getting a little bit better and, and kind of sharpening it all so and you've had some special get guests uh, come in. When I saw you guys at uh, Fanex, which got this conversation going to get yeah. you, getting you on, uh, you had uh, Joey Fatone. Uh, yeah, tell, tell us yeah, a bit about Joey. that because he was the finale of the last season, right? Yeah, so he was the finale of season one, and he was so great in it, and he was just kind of such a natural. You know, some. It's kind of interesting. The people, the special guests that say yes, it takes a special person to be a special guest on our show. Yeah. Because it's so it's so wild. There's there's like, they have to really trust us. They have to really trust themselves. And a lot of actors kind of don't. They, they get a little bit nervous when it's not it's not rehearsed. It's not you know scripted. So it takes kind of a special performer to say, you know what, I don't care. I'm just going to risk this. And Joey kind of had that perfect personality of just like he's a perfect showman you know he got up there he just went with this he he, he you know he kind of has the principles of improv just in his bones that saying yes and adding to it the whole yes and principle and so he was really great to have and and his singing ability just kind of was over the top and the fact that you know he still has fans all over the, the world was an added bonus you know bringing more eyes to the show and and just kind of giving us more exposure. So that was just so nice to have him. Did he give you any like behind the behind the scenes stories of going being on tour and all those? Oh, days? totally. We got we got a lot a lot of inside scoop about how it all happened. You know the way things happen happen when when you know they broke up when Justin left the band and stuff like that. He actually. In, in the show, he has kind of this inside joke where his character leaves the band and 
he makes a reference to Justin Timberlake and it all in good fun and everything. And, but it just, it, the whole audience was just dying. And, and I think it's one of the bigger moments, you know, for the TV audience at home too, especially if you know, if you know the history, you know, it's kind of two levels of the story that's going on. And then like the inside joke of, if you know who Joey Fatone is. Yeah. Um, in all the seasons that you've done is, do you have like a special moment or a special skit or situation um that sticks out to you you know i i some of the um some of the the special moments for some reason tom quinn and i always get put in like a rap battle against each other (laughs) and tom's been tom's one of my oldest friends in improv we started improvising together in probably 2001 and and so for some reason, Casey will, you know, Casey, who's our host, ends up like setting it up where we're rap battling and doing like a dance off. And they've been some of the funnest scenes. Like it, it happened in the first season and then it happened again in the second season. And and so it, it, it kind of he really knows our different talents and he knows how to like push the buttons and when like how to bring out the best in the show. And so that that to me, the rap battles really stick out. I mean. And then as far as our special guest, working with Will Forte was, like, absolutely oh, yeah. a dream come true. You know, like, a guy who I grew up watching on Saturday Night Live and his movies. And, you know, like, it's just to have him come and just jump in and wholeheartedly play with us. It was it was really, really cool. I mean, and then, like, Leah Thompson, you know, my she, she came. That's She's in season three. And she came and, you know, she was my childhood crush in Back to the Future. And um, <laughs> so it's like, then the guys from the Practical Jokers. I mean, it's it's just, we've had, we've had so many awesome guests. It's been, it's hard to pick like your one moment that you love the most, but because a lot of them definitely stick out. So you've done lots of other stuff besides um, the improv. Have you ever done stand up? You know, I did do stand-up. It was kind of one of the things that I've been most afraid to do, so it was kind of something I knew I had to do. Um, and and some people say, well, you know, improv's scarier because you don't know what you're doing, but I, I kind of think the opposite. I think stand-up is scarier because you're kind of up there. You don't have a team of people to that can, like, bail you out at any time. You're up there saying, I'm funny, what I've written is funny, and I, you guys should laugh. And sometimes you have an audience that's like, okay, make me laugh, rather than like, oh, they're just making it up. I think they're a little bit more forgiving with an improv troupe. So, yeah, stand-up, I, I did it, and I, I, I probably did about I, – I made a vow that I would get up, like, in front of an audience 10 different times and then decide if I wanted to pursue stand-up or kind of stick with the – the improv and like the writing of comedy rather than the stand-up comedy. And I loved it. I actually never had a bigger rush from doing that. But for me, I felt like the lifestyle of kind of going on the road and, you know, if you want to make it as a stand-up, it's, it's a whole different path and it's a whole different trajectory. And I'd already started directing movies and writing movies. And I already had all these years of, of behind stand-up is a, a, a wonderful medium it's just not the medium that i am going to pursue wholeheartedly but i, I kind of slew my own dragon by doing it you know a number of times and then re- realizing hey i really respect the people that do this but 
it's not necessarily my path to, you know, achieve what I want to in a, in comedy. I've, I've worked with wise guys the past eight years. I'm a graphic designer. So I've been their on hand uh, designer and I've seen a lot of comedians come up and it's, it's a lot of hard work. So I'm right yeah. there with you. And I, I can never see myself doing stand up. I don't have the stage presence. I don't have, um, I don't have the mind that can keep stuff in there <laughs> for too long. So, but improv, I'm good at comebacks and stuff like that. So, oh, I, so I think I, I could manage that maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I totally agree with you that it on a you have a lot more support as a improv with the with the team. So, and stand up, I actually for improv, I never get scared before a show. I just get excited and I'm excited to have fun. I I the times when I would get up to do stand up, I would be so scared. I would literally. I, I was this close to asking them to just don't bring me on. I'm just going to pass. I'm not going to do it. I mean, the high you get once you, once you get the audience laughing is a very, very great rush. And I understand why people love doing it so much. And I respect the people that do it all the time. But yeah, it was, it just kind of, it wasn't for me. So You're like, I tried, I tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned writing and f filmmaking. Um, how many features have you directed? Oh, I just finished directing my sixth feature film. So I just got back from, I, I shot a movie in Vienna, Austria, and Bucharest, Romania. It was the same movie, but just shot in two different locations. So that was a ton of fun. But yeah, that was my sixth one. So I'm very, really love, really love directing. It's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, the best of all the worlds, I think. Um, so it's been been a lot of fun pursuing that side of things. So one one of your bigger known ones is uh, once I was a beehive. Uh, how, yes. Where does that fall in the lineup? And tell us a little bit about it. So that was the my third feature film, and it was kind of kind of different from my first two were like kind of fantasy comedies, um, and then. And then I went and did a, you know, coming of age kind of comedy drama about this girl who went to summer camp and, and, uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but, um, but it's, it's kind of this film that has, has, even though it's about like young girls at summer camp, it, it, it the story in it and kind of the structure, it, it kind of appeals to all ages. I, I have grown men coming to me and telling me how much, you know, they're in their fifties or or older and they're telling me how much they appreciate it because um, it helped them connect with their daughters. And I have young men, young women, you know what I mean? People of all ages that just really connected with this film. And I think uh, that it made me really happy because I also, I also wrote the script for that as well. So, you know, it's really, you know, you're really putting yourself on a limb when you write and direct because it's like for good or for bad, it's your, you know, it's your fault if it's, if it's bad. And it's also, you know, your fault if it's good. So, <laughs> so to have, to have it be the kind of this movie that people continually say, Hey, this is so nice. We love it. It's something we watch every week or it's something we share with people all around. And, and, um, it just, it feels good to be kind of, to have made a, a, a movie that ha finds a really, has found a really nice home. So did you, do you have a daughter that is that age or did you, attend as a kind of a 
person watching? Honestly, no. I like what made me want to do it is my mom has been a camp director. She she was a for years and years, and I saw how much work she put into it, and I saw how like gung ho she was, and they went over the top on you know, the planning and, um, and they just have such a, and I have two sisters that went to camp a ton and they'd come home and they'd share their stories. And I just, I kind of felt like a, it was an interesting world. And, and the main character that Lisa Clark plays Carrie Carrington is based on my mom. So, um, I kind of felt like a connection to that world, even though I'd never been, but I did a research and there's enough sims with with some of the Boy Scout stuff that you do too. You know, it's not like it's not like we're that different. You right. know what I mean when it comes to young kids interacting, um, whether you're whether you're male or female. Like a lot of the some of those experiences are are you know at least at least paralleled. You know, so so yeah, it was it was kind of just jumping into that world, and I had a lot of story consultation with with Haley Smith who plays. Um, plays holly uh valentine in the movie as well and she's she's in the she's in the show-offs as well so she helped me a lot because she's done the camp thing and so i got kind of the approval of all these people that have been to camp and and uh actually that's that's been the biggest compliment is some of these young girls and women that say hey that's you guys got you nailed what what girls camp is like and um so that's that's a lot of fun and honestly to hear when 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 men like the movie just as much as the ladies that that's a big compliment because i mean i think if that's the true test of like something that really strikes a chord is that all ages and all genders like it that's great Uh, so tell us a little bit more about the other four features because you mentioned your new one and then um this one tell us about the others so the last, uh, so be, before that, I did I did a vampire comedy, and I did a my my tribute to um, it's called Dudes and Dragons, and it's my tribute to like, um, game like Game of Thrones, and, but I, I grew up on movies like Willow, and and like Lord of the Rings, and I love those fantasy movies, so I wanted to make like an action comedy that's like tribute to the Princess Bride, you know, so oh, nice. that's what Dudes and that's what Dudes and Dragons is. And Jake Van Wagner, who, who is in Show Offs, is in that. And Adam Johnson, who also is season one of Show Offs, is in that. And James Marsters from uh, Buffy, the Buffy series, is in it. And it was just a really fun show to do. And um, we shot it all in a green screen stage. And, you know, if you want, that, that one's on uh, Amazon Prime, so people can go watch it on there. And then the last three movies I've done have all been Hallmark Christmas movies, believe it or not. <laughs> so I'm kind of been on the Hallmark train for the last year and a little year and a few months. Um, I did a movie called uh, Small Town Christmas last a year ago, October, and that did really well for them. So they hired me to do two others since then. One called Christmas on My Mind that came out last December. And it happened to be, I just found out it was the number one rated christmas movie of the movies and mysteries channel this year which was pretty exciting to hear and then i just finished christmas in vienna which was a kind of a dream come true project of mine i did my study abroad while i was in in college at in vienna and i learned german as my minor 
And to be able to go to Vienna and shoot Christmas in Vienna was really amazing. And I just, just got back from that experience. And man, I, I just, I, I, I uh, embarrassed, it's kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, I, it's, I, I was literally started shedding tears on the tarmac when I was leaving, when I was leaving Vienna. Cause I just, you know, first of all, you're so exhausted from shooting these movies. We have to do these things in 15 days. That's all, that's all you get. Oh, um, wow. for these Hallmark movies. So you're, you're shooting 110 pages in 15 days. And, and, uh, it's, it's a lot, it takes a lot out of you. And then to just like, it's always, it's, it's a city that I just really grew a fondness of and to be able to go sh shoot a movie there was really special. So yeah, I, I just, that, that's kind of what I've been doing the last, you know, the last few months and the last year has been Hallmark Christmas movies. Well, thank you for sitting down with us after getting back from the plane ride and all that work. Yeah, of course. You know, I've, I've been trying. I know we've been trying to, to catch up about this, and I, I've been wanting to do it. The the timing has been crazy with the you know with the the difference in hours and all that stuff. So, so when I found out you had an opening, I was like, well, let's just let's just get her done and and. Uh, you know, love, love, ch love chatting about projects, love chatting about the creative process. And, you know, as, as much as we can do to get the word out about show offs, you know, we, we, uh, we really, we really want to grow that audience, uh, especially it's a free show to watch and people can watch it with their families. And, you know, it's just, it's there to binge watch. You can do, you know, you can watch all, all first and second season. And so, yeah, love, to, love getting the word out. Uh, you, you've also been an actor, most notably in the Saratov approach. Um, tell us a bit about that experience. Uh, it's about two missionaries. Yeah, so um, it's about two missionaries that got. It's a true story about two missionaries that got kidnapped in uh, Saratov, Russia, or as we say in English, Saratov. Um, I mean, that's our pr pronunciation. I kind of got used to saying Saratov because, you know, we went and shot some of it in, in Ukraine and, and to fake as Russia. But um, it was a really cool experience. The first movie I've ever done as an actor where I was actually playing someone who actually lives and is like a real person. So I got, I got to meet, you know, the guy who's the real elder props that I was playing and I got to hang out with him and I got to hear his story um, I, I also got to work closely with Garrett on kind of crafting the script and getting it to a place where everybody was happy with it, that both the missionaries and Garrett and us as actors. Um, I, I also helped produce the movie as well, which was, it, I, I never actually expected to be cast in it. I kind of came on as a producer and at first we were looking for some, you know, elders that were the exact age to play the parts um, but then we got a chance to work with Corbin Allred, who's in, uh, just a terrific actor. Yeah. And once, once he was able to do it, and you know, he was in Saints and Soldiers and several other films. Once he was able to do it, it kind of made sense to rather than casting, he was 32 at the time, and I was 32 at the time as well. Rather than casting someone who looked 22, it would be kind of weird, you know. In movies, you can kind of shift, you know, you watch like, you watch like uh, the high school movies like Friday Night Lights and they have always, you know, 28 year olds playing 18 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So in the movie world, we, you, you kind of get away with it as long as the characters match. And so I was 
once we cast Corbin, we're looking at some other actors. I just said to the director and to the to Garrett Batty and to Jake Van Wagner, also on show offs. Um, I said to them, hey, look, I'm just going to put myself on tape. I'm going to audition for this. I think I could really do this part well. And I understand that I'm a producer on this, so you may feel like you don't want, you know, my efforts being divided. So I'll just put myself on tape. If you don't like it, well, uh, you know, I don't have to bring it up again. I, I didn't want it to be kind of feel weird, like they felt pressured to use me. I wanted to only have them use me if 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 it was right and if they they thought I was right for the for the movie. So and they were kind of like, okay, but just know that we probably aren't going to use you but luckily for me and i think you know hopefully people think for the movie um they really liked the tape they really liked my audition and they called me back right away and said you know we think this is really right for you to be in so and i mean i i feel like corbin and i really matched well and we we you know we we brought like a we brought a little um i don't know um a little maturity to a little gravity to the role that maybe younger actors couldn't have brought just because they may have not had as much experience. And I think for the most part, people were people kind of us not being the right, exact right age of missionaries. They didn't really, didn't really bother them. You know, we looked young enough to, to fit the roles. And, and so anyway, so uh, it was it was a really great experience and it really caught on fire. You know, a lot of people went and saw it in the theaters and were tweeting about it. The the way that the young people uh, really latched onto it was really special to see and to be a part of. Yeah, it's interesting to see the Mormon cinema market still kind of uh, carrying on. You know, because we had that mm -hmm. big boom right at the beginning, and like every other movie here in Salt Lake was, you know, another. Mormon movie, but it, it's been pretty amazing that there's been these features that still are able to come out this, these years mm -hmm. later. So it, it's cool that that how that's evolved and things like that. Yeah, I think the main difference is people like as long as they're really quality and if, as long as they um, the filmmakers really care about the story and put a lot behind it, I think they can they can do well and and they can kind of reach past. One thing I've reach past just the you know utah audience so that's one thing that i've found that saratov approach and once i was a beehive both speak to people that are not you know in the latter-day saint community that that um because they're kind of have universal themes to them so that was that was definitely important to us as filmmakers to to make something that you could show to anybody without without them feeling like they're being preached to or or you know which without them feeling that they're obligated to see it, but that it's actually good cinema, not just something that you should see because it's got, you know, because it's clean or whatever. Yeah. Uh, through all the years, through all the different things that you've done, what uh, who's inspired you, like uh, directors, comedians, actors? Um, you know, honestly, the, probably first of all, who's inspired me the most is my own father. Um, my dad uh, is. His name's George Nelson, and he's he's actually a, a professor at BYU, and he's he's the head of the writing department, and he directs a lot. And I just I've never seen anyone work as hard as him. Um, the man can sit down and write a screenplay in like you know, or a play in like 
a matter of a week or so. And he just really dedicates. He gets really fired up about something. And so he was kind of the first person that like showed me that, Hey, Oh, you know, I can, I can do this. You know, I can, you know, and even though I went kind of more commercial, he went the educational route and his plays, you know, they, um, they get put up all the time at BYU and in other places, but, but he kind of showed me that, Hey, if you work hard enough, you can, you can, you can write and you can get your art out there and you can create. So he's probably my number one inspiration as far as like showing me that I could do this. And then as far as like uh, directors and writers that I really, I really like, I mean, I remember being really inspired by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck early on when they were writing their own projects oh, yeah, to put hunting. themselves in. Yeah, it just was like, oh, you don't you don't have to just be an actor and be be like waiting for someone to cast you. You can actually create something that's right for you and you can put it together and you can help produce it and you can kind of give yourself a better um a better chance of having a real career. And that's really when I when I talk to, you know, sometimes I'll talk to high school kids or college kids about like, you know, how to make it in the industry. And I really say, you gotta, you gotta be good at a lot of things. You gotta learn how to write. You gotta learn how to direct. You gotta learn, you know, learn all the different facets and you find out what you're good at. And then you'll actually have more chance to get more work because your you have, your skill set is, is a lot wider. Uh, of all the different things you've done, is there one that's like an absolute favorite? Hmm absolute favorite you know honestly probably show-offs is my absolute favorite because it's it's so fun I'm, I'm working with my best friends and there's so many of them and we shoot so many episodes so it you know it's more than just like this it, it feels like this living thing where a movie kind of comes and goes and you have that short little window and it's really special for those Three weeks but but a tv series kind of keeps coming back and it keeps living again so for me like if i could just do show-offs for the rest of my life i would i would be happy because we you know i'd be working with my friends creating great comedy and creating great um great content for families that they can laugh together and, and watch it with all ages and so that's that's really been my my favorite of all the projects that i've done in that creation um, process, what situations are most creative for you? Um, sitting alone, you know, figuring stuff out, or in in the group, or I like I like to I like I like kind of a, the a mixed approach. I like going and like hashing it out with you know creative people that I trust. You know, like I said, Jake Van Wagner, he and I we we work really well together we wrote this movie called um my brother the time traveler or it's also known as christmas time because it's a christmas movie and and um and we wrote the thing in two weeks but the way we did it is we would really hash out the ideas and then we would go back alone and write things and then share it with each other so i, I enjoy kind of having the alone time to like formulate the thoughts and ideas and then like put them up for everybody to kind of you know, work through them, yeah. Crit criticize and work through and, and shave off the rough bits and kind of sand and smooth it down. So it's kind of like that, that ebb and flow of 
working together and then going back alone and then bringing it back. So that, that, that's a really fun, fun process. Another past guest that we've had on the podcast is uh, Matt Madsen. You, you worked with him in Thrillionaires and on uh, Vamp yes. U. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about working with him because he's, he's amazing. Matt is like a musical genius. He's an improv genius. He, he's so fun. We, we sit around and we'll just make up songs together. And he's a, he's a very talented actor. He, he's written song like for, for my brother, the time traveler, Jake and I needed like, there are two songs that we needed. We didn't, we didn't have the, the, you know, the money to go for a big, like a big name artist, but we knew that he put together like a great song. So he wrote two amazing songs for us and recorded them like the same day. And they work so perfect in the movie. He's, he's kind of a go-to guy for anything, anytime we need something really creative, whether it be a, a logo for a t-shirt, whether it be a song, whether it be, you know, a partner for, you know, an improv show, he's, he's a part of it. And, and he's just, he's kind of like a, he's, he's a treasure. He's a treasure to work with. I, I love the man. So a Renaissance handyman type of guy. <laughs> so um, to close things out, we have bonus questions that we ask each guest. Uh, the first one is, what does creativity mean to you? Creativity. Um, I mean, it, it means to me, it's it's the place where you're free to kind of follow your own path. You follow, you know, there's no rules with it. You know, you it's it's a it's a very liquid state. If you if I can describe it like that, where yeah. things they flow and i mean i think it's i think it's a matter of i i I don't think that you know you can only be creative when the muse touches you i think that basically you have to open yourself up to for the muse you have to put aside the time and if you set aside the time to be creative and you just you just try to do to let that those waters flow and set aside the time for that that they will come um if that makes sense, it's, it's less of a, like, Oh, you're only touched at certain moments. It's like, no, the moments that what you set aside to give to creativity, that's when it will come to you. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Uh, next one is who is your favorite Muppet and why? Oh my gosh. My favorite Muppet is probably, Oh gosh, this is a hard one. This is a really hard one. I think it, Honestly, as a kid, I think it was Animal because he was just so crazy and he was so wild, but everybody loved him at the same same time. And he was, you know, always playing the drums in the band. And he was just, <laughs> he's just kind of a wild and crazy guy. And, you know, I, I, I just, I just love that everybody loved him and, and he just was always having fun. Awesome. And then lastly, in the movie of your life, who would you want to play you? Oh gosh, that's a good one. Um, well, let's see. People always say I look like Steve Zahn, or say, yeah. Um, yeah. So Steve Zahn would be good to play me. He's a little older than me, so we'd have to play the older version. Or um, 
And then uh, the older, older version, people say I look like Jeff Daniels, a, a young Jeff Daniels, which I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but he's a great actor. He is. So, um, depending on my age, one of, you know, one of in the movie, one of the, one of those guys. I mean, of course, I could always say like Ryan Gosling just to make me feel better about myself, but uh, but <laughs> he's and he's such a great actor. There's but, no wrong um, answers here, so all yeah. three, all three are good. Yeah. So if somebody wants to check your stuff out and check uh, show offs out, where can uh, they view everything? Yeah. So on if you follow me on Instagram at McLean Nelson M A C L A I N N E L S O N. The link to show offs and BYU TV is in my bio, but also you can just go to BYUTV.org and you can stream all of the shows there, or you can stream the BYU TV app and you can stream show offs. And then I use, I have on my, on my Instagram page, like the names of all the shows that I've, the movies I've done for the most part. And if you just Google those, you know, the, the ones will come up once there was a beehive, um, dudes and dragons, vamp view. They're all on, they're all on, um, Amazon prime. Same, same with uh, my brother, the time traveler and Saratov approach as well. And you can also buy, you know, if you're a DVD person, you can just Google those names and the, they'll come up, you know, on Amazon to buy the DVD. And I think for my, for my, uh, Hallmark movies, you have to have the actual channel, but you know, Google's a great way to just you Google my name and my movies, and and but I, I think Instagram's the best way because I, I I share with people how to see it. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram and or and or Facebook, that's probably the best way. Well, thank you, sir, for coming on. Appreciate it. Is there anything else that you yeah. want to share that we uh, didn't cover? Um. No, I just wanted, well, maybe just that, you, you know, I appreciate, I, I appreciate uh, independent creators like yourself and independent, independent viewers and listeners, because the, you are the people that really help us get our art out there. You know, we can't do more of what we do without people listening and sharing and telling people about these kind of independent projects that we do. You know, we're competing against the multi-million dollar marketing you know, machines of the studios. And, yeah. and so there's only, there's so much noise out there that, you know, it takes independent creators like you and other people that listen, that share and tell people about these projects to, that, that keep us alive. So I just want to say thank you to yourself and, you know, the many like you that, that help keep us, you know, inspiring and, and keep us inspired to do more. Well, great. I, I, I'm going to start watching your movies now that I know where to to catch them. So I'll, I'll start watching them and uh, give you my reviews. <laughs> love, it. love it. All right. Well, I will let you back to your day. Um, welcome Perfect. back to America. And Thank you so much. Um, happy show-offs to you next week. And All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. I'll take, take care and uh, so glad to have met you. Glad to meet you, too. All right. All right. Have a good one. Good one. Bye. Bye. The podcast is done, man.